You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday and you are in are in I don't know I don't know where I was going with that but it's locked on Seminoles. I'm your host Max and with me I got my buddy Dave riding shotgun. David, how we doing dude? Doing good. Excited for some home run derby action Max. The best part of baseball. Superman does good. You do well, but it's good to hear you're doing well man. I'm really sad I'm going to miss you this weekend. I'm headed up to Tallahassee for some golf at which point you will be in the great state of New York. However, we have each other here virtually as as we have all throughout the pandemic. And now Florida State has someone else, both virtually and in person, driving the news today, Florida State lands a commit. Do we call him? It was weird, right? Like he flipped. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm fully. I'll get to this in a second. In the transfer portal, Florida State portal, I can speak words. Florida State grabbed Marcus Cushney, a six foot two, 245 pound. They have him listed as a defensive end, but that's at Alabama AM. I think at 6'2, he's probably going to play more of that outside Fox linebacker. Or, what do we call it now? The Fox? Or the, I don't know. I get it confused. Rover, who knows? You know, I grew up in, I, yeah, I grew up in, uh, in, in Mike, Sam, and Will, and now they've got like Buck and Fox and, it's it's a little different, and frankly, I haven't needed to actually learn that much about these the the ins and outs of football because the game hasn't changed that much. They just like to, you know, change up the terminology every now and then. So we got Marcus Cushney coming from Alabama A and M. Dave, I will get your thoughts. Matt, go ahead, you can lead on this one. I know how you feel, but hit them. All right, so. I'm upset about this, not because I don't hope the kid succeeds. I hope he gets 50 sacks this year and breaks every record. What I'm upset about is, A, I saw too much hype on social media, like we're doing the Miami thing where it's like two stars, yo, he's going to be a five-star, and every player is the best. I didn't like seeing that. But even more than that, we're on a friggin' tear right now in recruiting, man. And I really just want to keep the the scholarship spots available. I just want to keep this class, the momentum going as strong as it can and get as many of these kids that Mike Norvell's apparently able to convince to come to Florida State off of a three-win season. So, yeah, I just – I don't know. I hope he's great, but that's that's where I stand. I don't think that you're coming from a place of ignorance or a place of malice in any way, and I think that that's a very valid opinion. You want the best kids on this roster, and, you know, it, it's logical to think that giving a spot to a kid that maybe doesn't doesn't fit that bill will prevent a spot from a kid that does. However, I think it's important to note where we are right now. It's it's July 12th, dude. We're we're probably not getting that many kids on campus before the fall and I and I do understand thinking about well, let's hold a spot for next year. However, I think there's two points that make this kid a a net gain in my opinion over holding the spot. One, I think that he's got decent size, but he was extremely productive at Alabama A&M. So they're in the SWAC with teams like Bethune-Cookman, FAMU, Jackson State, Mississippi with Deion Sanders, uh, Mississippi Valley State, Texas Southern, those folks. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not the highest possible level of competition. However, he's transferring up, right? It's not like It's not like we've got him transferring down. So there is a possibility that, you know, maybe he – 
went to a school and then he was better than that school. And now he sees an opportunity to go play in the FBS. I also look at his numbers, by the way, last year, Alabama A&M, they did win the Southwestern athletic conference. Uh, they were so in a, in a conference championship year, he was extremely productive. They only played four games due to COVID. And obviously they played in the spring, but in four games, he had seven sacks and seven and a half tackles for loss. Dude, I'm just saying, man, if, if you if you posit that the FBS is twice as good as the FCS, if he and in four games, he had seven sacks. If he has three sacks all of next year, he would have been the best pass rusher on our team last year. I'm just I, saying, like, I, I, so I, I understand I, what you're saying about hold a spot. I get it. But a the bars closing in 30 minutes. Uh, you know, we're probably going to have room on our dance card tomorrow night too, because, and we'll get to that in a moment. That's going to be my second point, but dude, that is a hell of a productive season. Seven and Max, a half, seven sacks. Max, seven and a half you, tackles send, for loss. you send me down to an elementary school to do some, to do some MMA. I'm probably going to come out the champion. I disagree because here's why Charlotte will be four next month. And she's got real aggressive recently. She's not allowed to fight anyone, but dad, there's a lot of wrestling, a lot of fighting. And I always thought, you know, and people do that joking question, like how many five-year-olds could you beat in a fight? And people are like, oh, 200. Now, now my number like is now down at like four, like four Charlottes. No, no, dude, I'm telling you, I'm going to let her kick your ass next time you're here. It's, and here's the <sighs> thing. They have no empathy. She does extremely painful, violent maneuvers of she hits me in the throat and I go, <clears> throat> she, she starts laughing. She thinks it's hilarious. The killer instinct on these kids, point being, we're getting way off, not point being, we're way off topic. But dude, you can say that all day, but the FCS is not division two. It's not division three. It is a competitive division of college football. And to have seven sacks and seven and a half tackles for loss in four games on a conference championship team, honestly, like, I don't really care if that was, we see kids that, have, you know, we, they put up those numbers in high school and we never say, oh, well, they're playing in high school. If he'd put up those numbers in high school last year and he was six foot two, 245 pounds coming off the edge, would you think he was a good take? I mean, just based don't on, try, don't try to not fall into my trap because this is a very fair line of argumentation. Would you think if he was coming out of high school, he's a good take? Sure. Uh, so then yeah, if we sure. can't get anybody else in this class, we might as well take him. And let's get to our second point, because I think it's it's important of how of does it make sense to hold a spot for next year? I am a big believer in never letting never let good be the enemy or never let perfect be the enemy of good. If you let chasing perfection stop you from being good, you're never going to be great. Now, if your car's in that situation, by the way, before we go on. You can chase perfection and you should with your automobile, that thing you drive every single day, you should have a smooth, comfortable, well-lit ride, whatever you want it to be. It should be. And if it's not, you need to fix it right now. I know it's been raining outside, but don't be lazy. All right. There's breaks in there. There's times that you could do it. Bring a t-shirt to work after work, throw that t-shirt on, go work on it in the parking lot real quick. And actually, you know, people might think, you know, a thing or two, I don't know. Do it before work, do it on the weekend, but you'll find pockets in the weather. And when it is time to work on your car, make sure you get your parts from rockauto.com. Great selection, 
great prices, really, really easy to navigate, which frankly, when it comes to auto parts is the most important thing. Yeah, it's great to have low prices. Yeah, it's great to get it fast. Yeah, it's great if they have a ton of things, but even more importantly is if you, a non-mechanic, can select the right part. So use rockauto.com, get the right part every time. So anyway, you know, Dave, we were talking about it before the before the show, and it's 25 players per class. In a given in. class. In a given Thanks class. Ole Miss. Thanks. So what does that mean? They had like 30 something players in a class back in the I think it was it, it's it's in the last 10 years, I think it was. They had like a 30-something kid class, and the NCAA was like, okay, now this is just getting ridiculous. Oh, I see. So they so they used to just do the 85 scholarship limit, and it was like however yeah. you because they probably were like, Well, I mean, it'll all work out, but then Ole Miss had to I guess that makes sense because they were probably coming off for like violations or something and didn't have scholarships. Yeah. Right. Thanks a lot, Ole Miss. We we appreciate everything that you do. But anyway. So you get 25 kids in each class, obviously over four years, that adds up to 100. You're allowed to have 85 scholarship players on your roster at any given time. So, yeah, that means you need to see in a four-year stretch, 15 kids leave, transfer, quit. Or smaller classes. Right, graduate early or right take smaller classes. And in fact, you're going to have to take smaller classes because you will have redshirt seniors, right? So you're working across five years, realistically. You know, it's interesting. I don't, again, I don't want to get too off topic, but I imagine the new redshirt rule makes this an even weirder game because you can, like, it's it's not as disadvantageous to redshirt a kid now when he can play four games. Well, that's and a, add to that, for a different add- time add to that the transfer market because you're not even just talking about 25 in class for high school kids you're factoring in transfers and all of a sudden your high school numbers are shrinking right but let's look at where we're at dave i think we have what 13 actual seniors listed on the roster and i think we have another 10 that are red shirt juniors to give us a total of at the end of this year we'll have 13 that have to leave and we'll have 10 more that could leave are are likely to leave. I mean, let's go through our redshirt juniors and see what we think. Should we do that quickly? Yeah. Uh, Robert Cooper goes. I, I'm saying he goes. If he I has a year like last year, he's gone. He's going to the draft. Yeah. Cameron McDonald, probably with a good year, could go. He's already been here four years. I imagine he goes and tries to whether he gets drafted or not. Tries to go make some money. I I don't really see the value for him in coming back for another year. He's probably developed yeah. as much as he will, unless unless he really starts to get a lot of burn in a Mike Norbell offense. And it's like, okay, he could get some real tape in another year. Um, yeah. Pokey probably comes back. I, I don't see why. He I got to think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't think after this year, he'll have the tape. This is an interesting one. Dylan Gibbons. Um, I, that probably just depends on the year he has, right? Yeah. You got to think, don't you? Yeah. You got to think if he starts and he has a great year, probably gets himself drafted and you know then it becomes i think if the o-line's improving then it becomes well do you come back and you know are you talking about elevating rounds but you know if he if he has good tape he's looking like a fifth rounder and it's like uh, if you come back you might only you might get up all the way up to a fourth rounder gotta think he probably just says okay let's go let's go get paid brady scott transfers hopefully uh marshall (laughs) hillman don't know who that is Parker Grothaus. 
Oh, just get out of here, please. No, next, come on. <laughs> yeah, someone that can kick. Uh, unfortunately, to Kalen Brooks, we're gonna we'll we'll get five we'll get five or six years of him. That's what's crazy is all these kids are redshirt juniors, which means if they come back after this year, they'll 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 have been in college for six years because of COVID. Yeah, it's wild. So you got to wonder: Does a kid like to Kalen Brooks? Again, no offense to the kid, but do you just go, "Hey, man, I got my college degree. Like, do I really want to stay if, in Tallahassee for a sixth year to play dude, football if, when I'm not? You know, if I'm him, I'm getting a master's in something. I'm that's a good milking point. that for yeah. all it's worth. Get, get an MBA or something. That's that's true. Jarquez McClellan, um, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we haven't seen him play yet because he. You know, he's a transfer from Arkansas, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Dante Sheffield definitely comes back. Probably Keyshawn not, Helton. Yeah. yeah, we really aren't going to lose any of these guys. Now that I'm thinking about it, Keyshawn Helton, maybe transfers if those uh, if those kids keep playing really well. And, you know, we talked yesterday about what we've seen from the young offensive. Offensive. Obviously, receivers aren't offense. What we've seen from the young receivers, and, you know, maybe there's some pressure there, but – I wouldn't hate having two more years of Keyshawn Helton to kind of hold that room together. DLT in now we're at the seniors. Yeah. And then DLT has gone. So yeah, I really don't know. I guess Dylan Gibbons, Cam McDonald, yep. Robert Cooper, are really our only, our only red shirt juniors that leave. Now I'm looking at soft. Sorry, go ahead. You'll, you'll see some random transfers, like people you didn't expect that you kind of raise an eyebrow at like, really, he's going to leave. But I mean, that's I don't expect right. it to be seven. <laughs> no well and that's the thing is if we go down this roster and we're not going to do this because that's not good radio but i'm sure if we go down this roster we'll find a lot because your transfers aren't typically your rising well they are kind of your grad transfers but i gotta think with this new rule where you don't have to sit out there's a lot more incentive for younger guys who aren't getting playing time to transfer i mean i i think I don't know. I think Drake disagrees with us on this, but he's not here to tell us. So he'll tell us, right. you know, next time he's on. I, I fully agree with you that either Tate Rodemaker, Chubba Purdy, or both are transferring next year. I don't, yeah. I cannot imagine both of them staying if Jordan Travis looks like he's going to be the starter the next year. And you or, have, what's his name, coming in. And you possibly Duffy, have yeah. more Duffy, and you possibly have Morris coming in. So you've got two great quarterbacks coming in. I do not know why Tate Rodemaker stays on this roster. I, I, and I don't mean that badly. I, I think he, by all accounts, seems like a great kid, whatever. I've never met him personally. I, for his own success, you're six foot four, 200 pounds. You have a pretty solid arm. Go somewhere. You're going to play, play at Arkansas. Yeah. Go play. Dude, I'm sure there's SEC schools that would take him. Hell, he kind of reminds me, honestly, more of a, more of a Big Ten quarterback. I'm sure oh, Michigan. Oh, no, Max. Oh no! He's no, I know it's not going to be Jacob Coker. No, he's not. Oh God! No, Jacob Coker is. But yeah, you you anyway. You look all down through there, and it's like, yeah, you'll you'll find those transfers. So that is a long winded way of saying, I, I dude, I just I don't. I get what you're saying. I do. But perfect will always be the enemy of the good, and you really have to be careful with that mindset because I, again, it just it's it's a way to get yourself in trouble, and I think that. If I'm this staff and you got a kid that just had 14 and a half sacks slash TFLs in four games, that means the dude is averaging bringing three people down behind the line of scrimmage per game. I get you think it's a high school conference, but I don't, we don't have guys who can sack anyone. I mean, last year we were basically like a grocery store in the Pacific Northwest, no sacks. It was bring your own bags, just 
full recycling. Or five cents or yeah, no sacks, right. no sacking. Let me it, say it was, this. A, it was right. a school you couldn't bring a lunch to. Nope, no sack lunch. Rum, 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 rum. We're, we're, we're fans first, people second. Wedding is crashers. that right? We're fans first, people second, podcasters third. Okay. Well, here's the fan in me. Okay. Holy sh. Florida State is now in a place where we're taking FCS kids to hope to fill needs on our roster. What in the hell happened to this football roster where that's the place we're in? That is sad. But I don't, I don't think that's right though. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. I think you're looking at a kid who went to Palm beach, went to Palm beach central and he had, you know, he, he was an okay player and he ended up getting into the FCS. But if you look at his production, you look at 2019. Okay. When he played a full, when he played a full season as a sophomore, he had, what do you have? Seven, seven sacks that year too. So he's been a highly productive player. And I think you're looking at this as it's okay to look at this way, by the way, bro. I don't think like you're wrong. I just, I'm trying to give like, I'm trying to cheer you up a little bit and make you see why I think this is a good thing. Cause you're kind of looking at it from the perspective of, Oh, they went down and recruited, like had to go recruit at the FCS like Wake Forest. Right. That's what you're, but look at it the opposite way. This guy had seven sacks in 2019 as a sophomore, which is a lot, no matter where you're playing. Cause it's all relative. Then the next year comes out and in four games had 14 and a half combined sacks and TFLs. Maybe he looked around and went, dude, why the hell am I in the FCS? We have a good friend. We won't say his name on here, but we have a good friend, a mutual friend who started his career at a, a certain level of the law. And then within a very short time, transferred to a different level of the law and is now crushing it, right? Like, I kind of look at it like that. That wasn't that big firm slumming it down there. That was an upgrade for him and it's worked out for all parties. And I think that's kind of how I'm looking at this is this kid went, holy cow, I don't have to sit out a year. I can transfer. They need someone and I'm too good to be on this field. So that's, that's how I'm choosing. I'll I'll end it on a positive note. I, I mean, I really do hope he starts at defensive end and gets 15 sacks and goes down as one of if the If he best gets two, he'll be the best one we've had in three years. Dude, that's so sad. I mean, I mean yeah, God. I know, but I'm, I'm saying don't – but think about it this way too. We always talk about mentality and loser blood and getting rid of that. It's the same thing with Dylan Gibbons. Yes, he was a backup. Yeah, he probably isn't the best offensive lineman ever no matter how much we want him to be. This kid has brought down kids behind the line in almost every game he's played in college, he's averaged at least one a game, but you know, the season before, I don't know what his TFL numbers were. He's going to be pissed off if our D line goes through a game and doesn't get a sack. And I want a 245 pound guy on the sidelines pissed off. If our defense isn't sacking anyone going, what the hell is this? This isn't amateur hour. You know what I mean? Man, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And yet at the exact same time, can't help but feel like, I just wish we were back to cherry picking blue chip recruits at every position. And it was 2013 and times were good, man. Am I stuck in the past? Well, yeah, but the, what you're forgetting and I'm not going to let I'm you forget forgetting. is I'm not no, 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 you, are, you, you are forgetting though. Cause I, I was friends with you back then. I, here's the thing about you when we were handpicking blue chip recruits, you had a problem with all of them too. So you know what? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Like, I'm stoked we got a kid that just brought, you know, the kid was averaging, what was that three and a half, whatever tackles behind the line per game. I will take that every day and twice on Saturday. So folks, if you feel like Dave here and you're getting a little grumpy, 
and you feel like maybe nothing satisfies you anymore. You know, maybe it's just like, you just feel like you're going through the same thing. And, you know, a five star is just as frustrating as a one star. Well, maybe you're just a little hungry. Maybe your stomach's grumbling. Maybe you need a little, little tasty, tasty treat. Well, if, uh, if I'm you, I'm grabbing a built bar because here's the thing. I like good food. I like sweets. I like candy bars. I love soda. It's a, I, I have a full-blown soda addiction at this point. So built bar won't replace that, but I also love Snickers bars. And today when I was at Publix, got my groceries and I like to get a Snickers or I like to get a Twix. I kind of alternate between the two. Oh yeah. But funny enough, yesterday I actually did get my new box of peanut butter brownie delivered. I tried the bites this time, the, the bite, you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen those on the website? It's not the bars, yeah. it's the bites. I got some of those in. I didn't get that candy bar and I felt pretty good about myself. I, uh, I came home, had the bites. Actually, I'd recommend those. I, I will admit built bar. I'm more of a bar fan still, but the bites are good. And you know, I got protein in there, low carbs, low sugar, instead of a sugary, you know, candy bar. So y'all should do what I'm doing. I got a golf weekend this weekend. I am going to make sure I've got like five or six built bars packed again, recommend y'all do the same. So builtbar.com promo code lock 15. Grab 15% off your order. You don't need to pay full price when you got your boys hooking you up here at Locked On Seminoles. And when you're done with that and you're thinking clearly because you've now, you know, satisfied whatever that was grumbling around, whatever was making you grumpy like Mr. Dave over here, go to betonline.ag, make an account, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 50%, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And now's the time to do it, folks, because we have a huge weekend coming up. We've talked about it for two weeks, maybe even three weeks at this point. But this weekend, we've got the British Open. And boy, is it going to be a doozy. I'm excited. Dave's excited. Stacy's excited. Holly's excited. <laughs> so betonline.ag, promo code locked on, make your account. And Dave, let's roll right into it, buddy. Let's let's talk a little golf here because Drake's not here and we don't have to look at his face or out of his mind. All right. So I've got it pulled up. I'm going to do a little screen share. Now, folks, y'all have heard us talk, obviously, about the U.S. Open already. My value pick was Jason Day. I believe, uh, Dave, who was yours that had won it recently, like in the past six years? He was um, the, it, low, the lowest odds winner. Zach in the Johnson. Past. Zach Johnson was your pick. Now I want to give the folks the goods. I really, yeah. I want to help the people out with our betonline.ag preview of the British Open. So I'm looking at top five odds right now, and I think that that's probably the best value in golf. Top 10, you can do it, but the odds get so low. It's almost like football level odds at that point. And I don't like anything with golf where the odds, I don't know about you, Dave, but I don't, I don't like when the odds aren't like more horse racing style odds because golf is so random. They can have one bad round and then they're not going to be in the top 10. And it's like, you only got them at plus 175. So there's just not the value proposition for me. Yep. Um, I'm with you. So top five, man, look at this. Let's, let's give the folks a couple names to look out for. And for me, the one that jumps off the page, I didn't, I didn't like the value to win it. Brooks Kepka plus 350 top five. That to me is a freaking steal. I mean, you're getting three and a half to one odds on a guy to finish the top five that everyone knows 
steps up for majors. Like he's just, he is Mr. Major. He's actually probably going to practice this week. Um, I hope, I mean, I assume he's already over there. He looked great the last couple of weeks. He's been out there. He's had, by the way, some of the strongest finishes like the U S open amazing Sunday, uh, rocket mortgage, amazing Sunday. He's been, he's been lights out recently. And I, I don't know why at three and a half to one, just finish top five. You wouldn't, wouldn't go for that. All right. I have a scorching hot take. Go back to those odds. I got your bet, your ultimate top five pick here. I mean, you, you might as well just go ahead and cash this check and plan your vacation. Okay. Let's go back to those odds. I just, I, well, I, just, wanted to, I just wanted to point out Kepka Kepka finished, uh, Back, I'm, I'm looking where he is. T T six. So he he would have missed it in 18 and 17, but in 19, the last time he played this tournament, he did he did tie for fourth. So he would have hit that top five. All right, who's your scorching hot take, buddy? Hit it. Cash the check. Okay. Who who are we writing? Scorching. It's 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 who I believe to be the worst golfer on tour because I just don't like him. I really don't like him. I don't like Harris English. It's an awful golfer, but he and I know he recently won a tournament. I don't want to hear about it. He is the ultimate bridesmaid. That dude cashes top five finishes like nothing I've ever seen. He rarely ever wins them, but he is always somehow lingering around annoyingly. And his odds on this are, what was it, plus 1,000? I think that's he's right pretty there. Good. He's 11 to 1. Yeah, that's pretty good if you ask me. That's my pick for top five. Yeah, so, dude, I don't know. Going through this, I think that's a pretty solid pick. I, dude, I love Morikawa. You're telling me 700 to finish in the top five. I love that, plus 700 for Morikawa. I'll tell you which one I really don't like. If y'all are thinking about it, it's going to seem tempting, but stay away from Rory McIlroy at four and a half to one. I cannot think of just a golfer that you can rely on less. Can you think of any... Anyone less reliable than Roy McElroy as of the last like two years? Not ever since he started chasing Bryson swing speed. He has just fallen off the rails in terms of consistency. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like that one also. If all right, so let's do this. If you had to bet right now five of these guys in the top five before we get out of here, give the folks who would you which five people would you bet on to finish top five off of this list? And there's some really bad ones. So make yeah. sure you pick some goods. Sergio Garcia, he has five top five finishes at the British. Ooh, that's um, actually not a bad one. I, I like that pick. Harris English, like I said, I do think Brooks is going to have a strong weekend. I like Justin Thomas. I, I just feel like he's due for a win. And I hate John Rahm, but he's just playing good golf right now. And I know the odds aren't great, but if you're asking me for a top five, I, I would say that would be my top five. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'll I'll do a couple different ones though. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Brooks Kepka, obviously, not just because he's Brooksy, not just because he's Mr. Major, but I think we forget because of his dominance now. Brooks started on the European tour. So he's very familiar and very well acquainted with the European style of golf. So I actually like him over there. John Rom, I I actually like John. I know you're not a big John Rom guy, but for me, I'm not. I am actually not going to bet on that at plus 185, 1.85 to one. I, I don't love that odd, those odds on him. I just mm, not enough, not enough action for me on John Rom. I am going to take Justin Johnson in my top five because you got to DJ for me. You got to put DJ in there four and a half to one. I will, I will let you keep Justin Thomas and I am going to go with Shane Lowry six and a half to one that that guy never made any noise. I'd never heard of him. Came out of nowhere, won this thing. I, I got to take him for a top five at six, six and a half to one. 
And then I'm going to round it out with two picks. I'm going to round it out with Colin Morikawa at plus 700 because, well, you know, you know I love some Morikawa. And then I'm going to do one. Oh, man, I'm going to do one that's going to hurt me a little bit to do. Oh, come on. Sergio is 1,200. That's pretty good. Uh, you know what? No, I, if, if I honestly, I was going to say Patrick Reed because I think that he, I hate, that guy. I hate him so much, but I think he's in a good position and I think he, he plays well over there. So, but no, no, I'm going to give the folks one more value pick and I'm going to scroll down and I'm going to say it right now. Top five finish 25 to one odds. I actually really, really like those odds on Gary Woodland or Francesco Molinari. I, I like Gary Woodland a lot. Yeah, that's not I think if all. you guys are looking for a value play in the top five, I would check out Gary Woodland at 22 to one or Francesco Molinari at 25 to one. So I think that's going to do it, folks. Thanks for letting us talk some recruiting, talk some golf with you. As always, Noel, Locked On Seminoles will be here all week. We actually have a really exciting sit down on Wednesday night that I think we'll publish probably probably Friday, Thursday and Friday, or maybe we'll hold it to next week. We'll see what we get with the Louisville guys because, folks, it is season preview time. We're bringing you the energy to get you through the doldrums of the offseason, but we're only like 53 days as you're listening to this away from the season, and that is when shit gets real. Man, I'm excited for it. Dave, are you excited for it? Football, yeah. <laughs> I'm pumped. So thanks for stopping by, folks. We'll see you all tomorrow. <laughs> I'm Max. That was Dave. This was Locked On Seminoles. Oh, no, no.